Content may not be appropriate for all listeners. Listener's discretion is advised. to WTF Are You Talking About, the podcast where we don't know what we're talking about until you do. I'm Katie. And I'm Decker. And we're here to ask each other, what the fuck are you talking about? So, brief rundown of how this goes. We've got six categories of topics, and the next episode's contents will be determined by the roll of a die. So, we have true crime, paranormal, history and education, science and technology, entertainment, and current events. So, we've got an eight-sided die. So if you roll a one, then you're going to roll a six-sided die for those same six categories, except it's got to be local. So mm. Idaho or any state bordering Idaho. And if you, you know get... what's happening over here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I thought you said you know what's happening. I was like, no, what's happening? No, no, no. no. <laughs> for those of you that can't see me, which is all of you, except for Katie. I hope. <laughs> right? <gasps> Shut the window. Susan? <laughs> I was pumping my Susan. arms in the air like we were raising Like the he roof. just don't care. Mm. I regret that the moment it came out of my mouth. <laughs> Too bad. It's canon. Uh... <laughs> but yeah, you were saying about local? Uh, yeah, and if you roll an eight, then you, it's a wild, so you get to pick whatever the fuck you want. Yeah, it's like the lotto. <laughs> I think I said that before. Did I ever say that before? I have no idea. Oh, well, I never know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Shit. True to life. Mm. Right, right. So let's uh, let's get into it, Decker. What the fuck are you talking about? Well, well, um, <laughs> I am going to be talking about something that I'm sure everyone loves to deal with every day of their life. Every day of their life, and this is going to have to deal with. I'm really concerned. Finances. Which, if anyone here is listening and they have not left yet, don't. Because this is really important. Uh, And, I I mean, we always say this about everything we talk about. Because I like to think I'm highly relevant and important. I like (laughs) to feel like the words I say are of the utmost... uh, I don't want to say importance again. That's fine. (laughs) I don't know how to do... I don't know. I don't have a good uh, lexicon to... To pull from. So you need to find the lexicon. That's why I Google Dwe- lexicon to from, make it look like I know words. From the, the Dwemer ruins. Oh uh, yes. Uh, the uh, the uh, lexicon. Right. Is that Skyrim? Yes. Oh, okay. Well, um You are dead to me. <laughs> so speaking about their finances, uh this is going to be uh, a little mix of current events, history, and education. Because it's about the history. Of the education system with student loans. Fuck. Yeah. I hate this already. I, I know. So, and please, please, don't leave because it's really important that you hear about this because there's stuff that's going to be happening now or coming up when you listen to this that's you that you need to know about. So, let's go ahead and start off with dealing with these. Uh, so, student loans, right? For those of you that don't have any, good. I am proud of you. you Must be nice. in your life. But, at the same time, how many, How many of their are... army? How, How many, many of, of me are army? there? I fucking give up. <laughs> Long arms and short arms, right? Why did I put my arms into a dab pose? Oh no! You are now. You're really dead to me. Good. Okay. 
But yes, so, so student loans. So first off, some history about student loans um, is this was brought forth. I mean, they had the, this about, oh, what? A little more than 100 years ago originally. And originally, student loans in terms of the U.S. were used um, for Har Harvard people like to go to school since Harvard was like Ivy League and a lot of people of like, you know, uh, you know, high intelligence or ambition, they go there typically. With rich and parents. With rich right, with their rich parents. They actually live on the school with them. <laughs> In the wing their parents <laughs> buy. Right. So with this though, um, this became a lot more prevalent in nineteen fifty eight underneath the National Defense Act, which was uh, initiated due to the space rush. Mm -hmm. um, space race? Huh? Space race? Yeah, space rush. It's like the gold rush. I was going to say, space. like, what? I like... Hold on, we're panning for space. <laughs> I got some dark matter. <laughs> I got some... Ooh. But it had to do with almost the uh, immediate news about Sputnik. Mm -hmm. Right? So as soon as that happened, everyone was like, well, shit, we're losing the space race here. And we wanted to get people to be more knowledgeable. And student loans originally were for people that went to school for math, science, or engineering. To help with us, you know, competing against uh, the Russians with the space race. Right? So we did that initially. And then eventually we get to Lyndon B. Johnson initiating what's known as the Higher Education Act of 1965. And this is one of the things that he's most proud of in terms of um, starting because this allowed for student loans to become more accessible to people that wanted to go to school outside of just the math, science, and technology aspects, mm -hmm. right? So you have the government being willing to assist with loans to help people go to college. And this bill has been renewed since 1965 multiple times up until about 2008. Mm -hmm. Okay, so with that here, the only reason that didn't get renewed in 2008 had to do with it actually being re revitalized. And it eventually became known as the, um, I think it was the Higher Education Opportunity Act. So before it was... Higher Education Act. Okay. Of 1965. It became the Higher Education Opportunity Act. So you add a word and suddenly it's brand new. Right. Well, th what they did was they did some re revisions to the bill. They removed some things um, like guaranteed loans because they felt like it became a bit predatory because those were loans that came from private yeah. banks. And they felt like it didn't necessarily help out students with education. So they forgoed those. They did allow people to eventually do privatized loans but the the main thing was is like you have like your stafford loans your plus loans your uh perkins uh so pell grants all these things and what ended up happening is well this was super amazing that the government was willing to invest in people's education right because the whole goal of it was to help citizens who wanted a better life to become much more economically viable citizens, right? You think of the more knowledge you have, the more better of a resource you are. Thus, you can hopefully bring in more income, help with growth of businesses and stuff, which will bring more money to the states, right? It becomes a cyclical process mm -hmm. where it's like, okay, more learning, more education means better businesses, 
so you know, so on and so forth. The problem with this is what ended up happening is several things. First off, um, when private banks started getting involved with this, they, unlike the government, don't necessarily have forgiveness plans, right? And your payments start off immediately. And they have typically higher interest rates because with government loans, for the most part, they're roughly between 68 to 8% yeah. is the average for it. And depending on what kind of loan you get, it either starts right after you graduate from college in terms of the interest accruing, or it'll start six months after you graduate. Some of those loans are really fantastic in terms of if you need to take a hiatus for like half a year, they won't accrue any interest and they'll actually be deferred um, as long as you go back to school. But of course, if you don't go back to school, then all of a sudden everything starts charging you until yeah. you go back to school. So the uh, the HEOA, which is what I'm going to call it now, was actually a really great revision in terms of what it offered people but as you can understand since they want people to go to college right they're willing to put forth as much funding as it was needed for students what a time to be alive so what ended up happening was schools because they know the government was willing to pay for it and was willing to shell out whatever was necessary for students to go to school for jacked the most part jacked up the prices which therefore you know, now they're becoming, they're getting more money. And, you know, technically every college, and I, I am going to say like this kind of a blanket statement because I truly do believe it. Um, and if you disagree, <laughs> let me know. Have a conversation. But every college technically is a business. Yes. In a sense. Now you have colleges which are amazing where like the business is more geared towards keeping the school alive and growing to benefit the students. Then you have... Other businesses like Stevens Henniger mm -hmm. or other like for-profit colleges, hell, Trump University, you know, and I don't even want to get on that whole topic. Can you hear me roll my eyes? But <laughs> uh, it's like boulders. <laughs> Watch out! That was the sound of them falling out. Oops. Um, <laughs> uh, and, and the unfortunate part about that is they ended up increasing uh, the amount of loans that you could take out. I believe it was up to $77,000 is the max that you can take out now. So, Fucking I, astronomical. Right, that's a lot of money. And, and I assume that's for a year? It, that, it did not specify. Okay. So that, that, this is like in normal situations, right? Okay. So. Um, it easily uh, could be for a year. And this is like stuff um, where like you have like Sally May or Nelnet, right? Uh, I think Sally May, I don't know if they completely went away, but I know a lot of their stuff went to Navient. Right. And, um, oh gosh, I just lost my train of thought there. Uh, woo woo. Right. Doo -doo -doo. Um, but yeah, this has been heavily criticized in terms of student loans because... Uh, a lot of politicians and scholars feel like with how the higher education system is going right now is that it's only going to get more predatory and schools are going basically they're the mindset of this uh, or uh, the theory of this is that schools will continue to push for students to go to college whether or not they should whether it be for financial reasons or for academic reasons I don't necessarily mm -hmm. think people should be thwarted for the education, but I definitely think college is for everyone. Yeah, they're for everyone, and they shouldn't take advantage of students that definitely 
like shouldn't go. Like imagine like may, maybe you're someone who just didn't do really well in school, but you do like to go to school. Like you want to be really good at what you do. Maybe you graduate school with like a 2.5 GPA right in high school. You're probably not going to get a lot of academic scholarships, mm-hmm. right? And so like all some of these loans, they can offer you all this money to go to school because maybe let's say you do want to go to an Ivy League school like Brown University, uh, Yale, Harvard, all that stuff. Or maybe it's a maybe it's a private school. Maybe it's a public school. Maybe it's a, you know a junior college, right? Depending on your area, you might be paying more than you ever should with your student mm-hmm. loans. Much, much more. In fact, there's a rule where uh, it's called the 8% rule, which is where if you go to college, by the time you graduate, your student loan payments should be 8% of your yearly bill (laughs) a month. (laughs) Yeah. So you can see where I'm going with this, where this becomes a fucking nightmare. Because the average person, the average person in America has about $40,000 worth of debt as of 2017, right? And so, yeah, about $39,000 as of 2017, so I just kind of rounded up a little bit because, you know, more debt. But this is astronomical as the overall debt of U.S. citizens that have gone to college is $1.4 trillion. God. I want, I want you to understand, like, when I say $1.4 trillion, right, that always sounds like a lot. I mean, like, it's almost, like, unfathomable. Like, you can't quantify it because the normal person barely makes maybe uh, a couple thousand uh, a month if they're lucky, mm-hmm. right? So, to put this in perspective, in terms of money circulating through the U.S. as of uh, 2016 to 2018, America has... $2 trillion in circulation. I want you to think about that. That means that there is more debt or uh, there is just enough money in the U.S. to cover the debts of students. Just the students. Just the students. Fuck. Yeah. This number was originally $830 billion as of oh five years ago. That means it almost fucking doubled. Oh, my God. It, like, in five years. Like, I, like, I it, 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 blows, it blows my mind because when you see a number like this, that's, that's an up curve. That is that's, like, that's almost deep. Yeah. It's not slowing down. In fact, it, like, it's escalating. This is the graph. Holy fuck. Right. That is like that thing just goes straight, straight up. up. It's completely linear. It's like like a one to one like line graph here, right? In two thousand eight, it shows that we were at about uh, six hundred billion, and then by the end of by about 2017, 2018, it's just above one point four trillion dollars. Holy fuck! And this is where shit gets like really nasty because. As everyone who has student loans probably knows, because we're always trying to figure out ways to get rid of it, <laughs> right? The only way you can do that pretty much is die. Right. Because uh, not even, like, Chapter uh, 9 bankruptcy yeah. can help you. So, <clears throat> now here's the, here's the fun things. I actually have, I have some solutions for people. Like, I actually do. I actually have some, like, legit solutions for people. Fake your death? Well, I mean, you could always do that. That that gets a little tough. When you're full, you know, it gets hard to keep your friends. And Just your job. actually die. Yeah, I mean, that's. 
I don't suggest that option because life's, you know, pretty awesome and such. I personally love in eating and sleeping. So I, I can't, I can't fathom that being an option. Like right now I'm just enjoying this wine. I'm like, you know, when I die, I can't enjoy it anymore. That's kind of lame. Um, <laughs> now to put this also in, so I'm going to backtrack before I give you solutions. Let me kind of put this in another comparison. The credit card debt of the nation as of very recently is 680 billion. That means student loan debt, right? A separate kind of debt. Like this is not compounded with it. A separate debt is over two times credit card debt. Okay. And you know, you know that a lot of that credit card debt is a result of people being in school and having a difficult time doing school and right. working and making ends meet. I know. I even, like, I tried working during school, but it affected my grades to the point where, like, I started struggling in college. Mm -hmm. But I needed to work to yep. keep my... Because I, I went to school. I, I had to take out some loans. Plus, I had some scholarships. So, I mean, like, this is kind of personal to me, as I'm hoping it's personal to a lot of people that's listening. If they went to school... If you went to school... Uh, if you went to school without having to pay a dime, you are one of... You are, you are 40%... Of people. I'm That's how lucky you really are. Really fucking lucky. Like out of the 20 million people that attend school every year in terms of college, 12 million have to take out a loan. So you were blessed. Mm -hmm. So definitely don't take that for granted. Or uh, granted, as I used to say. <laughs> God, <laughs> Don't take that for igneous rock. Yeah. Um, but le let's go ahead and do some fun math because... Math is not fun. Oh, math is so Especially much fun. Especially this math. No, this math no, is I, great. No, I calculated that 8%. Yeah, I'd definitely over double that is what I have to pay every year. Right. So if you were to pay, um, let's go ahead and take the, the national debt, right? Or not the national debt. That's, sorry, <laughs> you're fucked if you have the national debt. I feel so bad At that for point, you. literally, fake <laughs> your death. Literally, get out. Move to France. <laughs> so um, you have $40,000, you have $40,000, mm -hmm. right, in debt. Okay. So, um, and here's an awesome calculator I found uh, to actually help you out. If you want to figure out, like, when you'll finish your payments, how, like, how everything's looking. And uh, don't get me wrong, it's fucking scary. I hated putting in the numbers myself. In fact, I waited, I spent 10 minutes just looking at the goddamn calculator, <laughs> too afraid to see how fucked I was, because I knew I was fucked, but I wasn't sure in what capacity. Right? So, you take the loan balance of $40,000 at interest rate of 7%. And most student loans, you pay off um, after like 120 payments, right? So that's about 10 years, typically, because the most time you can get debt forgiveness between 10 to 20 years, which is awful. See, I, think. I think I think I'm on a 20 year plan. Right. So so let's say let's say let's say that's your balance, right? You do that. That means your estimated monthly payment is 464 dollars and 43 cents a month. To be done in 10 years, which means at the end, the end after you've paid everything, the total comes to $55,731.60, which means you've paid not only your loan, but a quarter on top of mm -hmm. that. Okay? That's pretty shitty. Let's run this in comparison to what people actually pay on average. So the person, um, a person on average pays about, oh, take me back to that website, $280. So let's say you were one of those people and you were going to pay $280. Okay. I'm going to go ahead and do some quick math here. And we're just going to, oh, uh, 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 
change that number? No. I can't. I can't math. Oh, God. <laughs> help. <gasps> uh, Send uh, help. Uh, 46443. Hang on. We're going to... I'm going to put this music <laughs> Just... So we're back. Um, so with that being said here, let's say that you are going to pay what normally people pay. So even though the average national debt uh, per person that goes to school is $40,000, let's say you only pay $280 a month. That means that you won't be done paying off your debts until 25 and a half plus years. Great. Your end up to your total at the end is going to be $86,254. Fantastic. Over double what you originally paid to go to school for. And this is why this is so But important. you're not getting double the education. No, you're not. And this is why this is so, so important because it's only going to get worse as tuition. Like, I know my college, like, and I liked my college. I don't fucking love my college this that much. much at all, period. Because, um, with this here, it's only going to keep going up, which means that while the government is willing to help you to go to school, schools are going to be more than happy to say, oh yeah, we're such a great school and here's why, and upcharge you through the ass. Mm-hmm. I mean, what the fuck? Like, I, I don't... I, I don't get how this isn't illegal. It honestly feels downright evil. Like, whether or not you, like believe in like morality in terms of like good or evil this is fucking evil it's good old american capitalism yeah it really is and here's the problem with this is when you have people that have this much debt right they have this debt they can't pay it off you're not going to be economically viable as in terms of a citizen Mm -mm. everyone's going to be trying to save their money they're going to try and make ends meet they're not going to be able to do it they might have to file for bankruptcy but sorry you're still screwed unless okay let's say let's say you do have to file for bankruptcy there actually is a way to get rid of your debt through bankruptcy. Really? And it is a very small clause, and it's fucking near impossible. Of course. It is the same clause that's used for people with disabilities. Oh, and if you have disability, if you're listening to this, and you actually have a physical disability that's preventing you from going to work, you also cannot have your debts forgiven. Possibly. Yeah, I thought you could, but I reread that rule. And it's, it's garbage. Are you shitting me? I'm not shitting you. Because there was a revision done a couple years ago to make it harder for people with disabilities. So hang on. I'm getting a little too far ahead of myself. Okay. I know this is a longer episode, but please bear with me because this is really, really important. So in terms of bankruptcy. Okay. Now this was a bill that was passed in 2005. It's about 15 years ago. Okay. Roughly. Right. In 2005, there was a bankruptcy reform bill that was passed in order to... Oh, here it is. Actually, no, I just found it. <laughs> I was about to search for it, and it's fucking right in front of me. <laughs> okay. So the ways that we can get rid of them, right? Um, this is super tough to prove, but it's called undue hardship. And there's three things you have to meet. You must meet all three in order for you to get partial to full debt forgiveness. Other than, like, making your 120 payments, and even that's a little sketch. But, okay, let's say you do go through bankruptcy, right? You have to do a separate lawsuit... In addition to your bankruptcy, which most people can't even afford the bankruptcy things, mm-hmm. right? But you do this. You must prove that you can't maintain a minimal standard of living. I tried to look up the definition of minimal. It's vague as fuck. So that means it's up to the court in your state to choose what is minimal or not. I have enough money to pay for a cell phone. I'm, I'm definitely meeting the minimal, even though in order to live or do a, you know have a job and stuff, I'm probably going to need a fucking phone. Okay. 
This problem will persist for a significant portion of the debtor's repayment time, which means that this is a long-standing issue and it's not going to be resolved anytime soon. Like think of like you've been laid off, right? And you're just, you're not getting enough money and you still can't find a job and it's just gonna keep getting worse and worse. Cool, let's say you meet both of those. The third one is uh, you must have made good faith to pay back the loan with consideration to the previous requirements. So that means you tried to make payments on everything and it's still not enough, right? This is so hard to prove because you can make payments on loans, right? And maybe you can't pay the full amount, but you made a payment. Sure, you made the payment, but it's like, oh, they do have money though. They mm -hmm. still have money. But if you don't make a payment, then all oh, you defaulted. Like, there's nothing I can do to help you. Yep. Yeah. So how do you prove that? There was like, th I had a number where it showed that there was, uh, oh, oh, it was reported that there's 72,000 loans in bankruptcy proceedings. Only 276 debtors attempted to discharge. And by 2009, of the 134 resolutions, 29 of them resulted in a partial discharge. Are you kidding? None of them even got a full discharge, just partial. So even after they filed for bankruptcy, they decided to go this extra route. They still couldn't get rid of it. And I'm not saying this to scare you. I'm saying this just to make this really set in because elections are super important. I'm not going to tell you necessarily who to vote for, but if you have student loans, it is in your best interest to ask your representatives, right? We're not even close to an election right now. Mm -hmm. Not yet. The but season is going to start soon. It's going to start soon. And this is so important because, uh, I mean, whether you, whether you think everything should be forgiven or not, that's an entirely different story. But you can see that this is going to be a problem to where if you can't pay off your debts, why would you ever spend money? Which means that the economic system is going to start slowing down. People are going to start holding on to their money, right? And, when, and that's going to force prices to go up, which forces, forces people to hold on to more money. And it just, it shuts down the economy. That's what, that's what ends up happening with this. Because our economy works so great right, right now. And this also is affecting, affecting the wealth gap, which is a conversation for a totally different uh. day as well. But, so that's how you can, that's one of the ways you can get rid of it. The other way is by making your payments, or you can work for a nonprofit full-time for 120 payments, and if you do that, all of your debt will be forgiven. It's not necessarily guaranteed that even after you make 120 payments... It'll be forgiven. Do you know how hard it is to work for a nonprofit or something that falls into that forgiveness category no. and be able to pay your bills? No, I it's don't. really, really fucking hard. I believe it. I believe it because I doubt you make a good amount of money enough to Correct. pay for your fucking loans. So you have that, but remember, I mentioned that it's really fucking worse for people with disabilities, right? Mm hmm. So. Disabled. Disability. Oh, I'm right on top of it again. <laughs> Motherfucker. I keep finding it, but I can't see because my eyes don't work good. <laughs> okay. Eyes don't read good. Okay. All right. So I found the disabilities thing. Oh, sorry. I have all my... I have a computer literally stacked on top of another computer to where I can't type to find shit. But um, what happened is... is during when a lot of the great reforms were happening for that 2008 bill, mm -hmm. there was one thing that they added that was fucking garbage. Because what they did 
was they made it so that way if you have a disability, you have you have instead of like like once you get disabled, right? There was no way a prostitute to go through and all of your debt would be forgiven. It's now it's being disabled plus something else. So not only do you have to be disabled, you also um have to meet um you have to be below the stand uh sub the standard of substantial gainful activity now what this one fucking is is it's basically a thing that has to deal with a, a little side a chart so the most recent chart showed that the average person that's disabled they have to they have to make less than nineteen hundred dollars okay mm-hmm a month which is about $12 an hour. Now, if you're making that much, you're probably gonna have a fucking hard time paying off your goddamn loans. Yep. <laughs> because, as I mentioned, if I was to be a part of the person that has $40,000 worth of debt, and I'm paying a little under $500, that's a quarter of my fucking income. That's not 8%. You know how much money you'd have to make if you had the, the average? You'd have to make 70K, which is about $33 an hour, okay? And I, and I, I want to make this like perfectly real because like this actually does affect me, and I want to like put it in a way where there are, uh, a lot, there are some people that I know that have much more debt than me, right? Now I currently have about uh, sixty thousand dollars worth of debt. Okay, I've been paying I've been paying my ass off for like the last four years, every time, always taking care of it, save some weird shit where my loans disappeared for some reason. That's personal issues, totally fine. But in terms of this debt, right, sixty thousand dollars. Okay. Now, on my work, I make more than that 12, but I don't make much more than that. I make a, good, a, good, a little bit more than that. So if I have $60,000 worth of debt, I want to pay off my loan within 10 years, and I was supposed to do it with that 8%. You know how much money I'd have to make every year? How much? $118,000. What the fuck? I'd have to make $57 an hour. Oh, my God. Okay. And that's, that's actually me rounding up to 10%, right? 10% of my wages. That's fucking terrifying. And I wish, I wish someone would have mentioned that kind of thing to me. Because my family never went to college. I'm actually the first person in my family to go to college, right? Now I was fucking lucky, right? And for those of you out there, right? This is not, again, this is not about me to bitch and moan. This is about me to, like, I want you to understand that this is what people say you should be able to do. And when minimum wage is seven twenty five, mm -hmm. right? And you're working, let's say even the the, the universal uh, wage goes up to fifteen dollars an hour, you're still not making goddamn near enough to what they say you should be making to pay off your wages with that that threshold of eight percent. You're nowhere fucking close. And yeah, you can keep busting your ass, but the problem is that doesn't fix the issue, because there are a couple new things coming our way. A couple new things coming our way that's about to make this. Equally worse. Mm. So one of the things is there is a bill coming out. I believe it's a July of 2019, possibly by good old Betsy Davos. And uh, this is completely biased, personally of me. But fuck her. I am. She is in no way anyone's friend. If you're mm -hmm. a scholar, period. She actually personally thinks that that we should be that they that the government should be more aggressive towards people who don't make payments. Or that can't make payments. Because I guess we're made of money because we went to school. And I wish we were. Lol. I wish we were like 
are generations past where they had enough money to buy a house in a year and where they could save up money and, you know, retire at the where age of 55. Where they could work part-time and pay for all of their tuition. Yes. But we're not in that era. I'm not going to say we're unlucky. It's unfortunate. It's completely unfortunate. And it's not right. But that's one bill that she's trying to push right now is to make it harder for your debts to be forgiven. And in fact, if you were to take any future debt, like if you were to go to school after 2019, that like the minimum would be pushed up to 20 years, if possible. And even then, they'd make it really fucking tough. I couldn't find the exact bill, but I found articles about said bill. And that's kind of the same situation with this current re- part of the reason I'm talking about this whole thing. Because the main reason I want to talk about this is there's another bill that's being presented right now. And this bill is being presented by... Do, do, do. Uh, his last name is Paul Fox. His last name's Alexander. That's not the keyboard anymore. <laughs> Not slashes and shit. There we go. This was the article I found Thursday when I told you I was really upset. Mm-hmm. This is the one like I was literally. Mm-hmm. I don't want to get weird, but I was sitting on the pot, just <laughs> trying to find. Like I was like, oh, what fucking news things are there? And okay, Lamar Alexander. He's a rep- uh, he's a uh, Republican in Tennessee. He's a senator there. He's proposing a bill. And, and I can, I really, I'm like, I try so hard to weigh the pros and cons of things. But I see so many ways that this is going to go fucking south. But um, my friend was like, South Tennessee? Like, but not really. Ah. Oh, God. I don't want that in there. <laughs> it was very loud. So Lamar Alexander is proposing a bill where... You have two, instead of the nine repayment options that are currently available for student loans, you have two. One is to make all your payments in 10 years and have your debt be forgiven. And I'm like, okay, cool. We kind of already have that, but it sounds like maybe he's going to make it more, more lenient. Uh, for some people that can work, for other people, definitely That's can't. impossible. Right. Because, again, for um, like for my example for student loans, uh, technically if I want to be off in 10 years, I'd have to pay anywhere between $800 to $1,000 a month. Yeah, that's not a thing. That's that's that, about that's, that about, does half, not that's work. about half my wages. That I, like, does not I'm work. Being, I'm being completely upfront because I don't mind talking about like like other than like personal finance stuff. Like this is just like I most people like I'm lucky to make the wage I'm making. I feel like at least, um, but that's the one option. The other option is to take ten percent of your wages automatically. So technically, wage garnishment because the government wants their money back, and they think it's going to come. From, you know, the people that are in the lesser of the 50th percentile. Because technically I fall within the 50th percentile. Roughly. Right? I'm like literally right in the middle of like, like I'm like an average citizen. Mm-hmm. And even like technically I'm, I'm not technically able to pay off my loans the way that I should be. So with that, imagine if you have loans like mine you make less money. Or let's say you make less money and you have less loans than mine. It's going to be damn near impossible for you to pay off all your loans. If it's always 10%. Like, part of the reason I like this too is, like, I noticed that some of my loans have gone up, but it's because I they have, they've made several, like, like there are certain loans that kind of stack within each other. Mm-hmm. And, like, and I'm not super, fi- like, 
finances I kind of had to figure out on my own. Like, again, I never like my family is kind of like a lower middle class family. Um, but there's no way if they take 10% of my loans, right? Let's just say I make two grand a month. That's $200. My payments are 800. I'm not going to pay off my loans. That will never happen. That will never happen. And if Betsy gets her way, Plus this bill, you'll just be paying 10% of your, it's like taxes, but you still get to choose your allowances and your exemptions. Mm -hmm. You can't tell the government what you're doing. Losing 10% is a good chunk for some people. Yeah, That's like the difference between like a phone bill or yeah. a water bill or, you know. Having the power be paying on. Paying for your car insurance, depending on what kind of car you have. Right. And I guess, you know, maybe you're not making good enough efforts to be a model citizen. But that's like that's why I wanted to talk about this because I, I I mean it's super fucked up, it's super fucked up. I didn't realize how fucked up it was because I was terrified to look at it. But since I saw that article and I wanted to prepare myself and I wanted to prepare all of our listeners out there, I wanted people to know not only how bad it is, but like to see the options that's pre that they're presented with. Because pretty much the only option is to become a government worker because a government worker makes on average between sixty eight to like eighty thousand dollars a year. And that was a rough estimate that I saw for this year, or last year, 2018, back when the government shutdown was around. Because I was curious about how much money was mm -hmm. being lost, and I figured out figured well, out that, that depends that, on what they're doing too. Because mm -hmm. I mean, technically, I'm a government worker because I worked for the state for like 13 years, right? And I know what a lot of the other state workers get paid, and it's not a lot. Mm -hmm. So I mean, I know this issue. Um, what I talked about was a little bit of history because I mean it's interesting. I think I think student loans are not inherently a bad thing. I think the culmination of certain amount of loans, like an amount of loans going out to people, right? Because even though I would have I would have been frustrated and pissed off as hell if I couldn't go to my college I wanted to go to. In a way, like looking back, like I, I'll never and I want to be clear, I don't regret my education necessarily. I do feel disappointed that the payments with loans and how they stack and what I should have been making after getting out of college was not properly or, um, you know, consistently voiced to me. Because I don't mm -hmm. think it's voiced to anyone. We're told to go to college because it'll make you intelligent. And well, then you the get out of college to only have debt. Like, part of me wants to recommend people not to go to college and just focus on the things that they want to learn. Buy books. You know, maybe take a class, like a class, if you're curious, but don't. But I hate saying that because I think education's so important, so critical. Well, the way that at least it was presented when I was younger, and maybe you feel this way too, mm -hmm. and hopefully it's a little bit different now, but your only option was to graduate high school and go to college. Nobody ever talked about trade schools or any kind mm -hmm. of program like that. It was you go to school, then you go to college. Right, and they also very much... Like, they'll say, you know, like, you can get an education anywhere, but they'll very much say, like, you know, if you go to a junior college, they'll be like, you're really kind of shooting yourself in the foot, or, mm -hmm. you know, and, like, and, I mean, I want to talk. I went to school for music, right? Not necessarily a profession that's super viable unless you become very famous. And granted, yeah. I'm still working on it, but... I have a social sciences degree. At the same time, so. though, like, right? But... <laughs> I have a social science degree and an arts degree, so here we are. It's just very, it, it, it's, I'm disappointed with how this has progressed. 
I'm disappointed in people that are of higher power that can make a huge influence on people's lives and help to like maybe rebalance the economy, not doing anything about it. I'm frustrated that someone who is supposed to be an advocate for education has, you know, uh, pro, you know, what's the word? for-profit college people mm-hmm. on her board with her to help support her decisions. And it makes me nervous for the next generation because I'm, I'm, I'm personally terrified for people to go to college in the future because they're going to make it harder for people to pay off loans and for things to be forgiven and also increase. Maybe the rates don't go, right? The rates are locked in currently. There's no bill saying that they're going to back down on that. Um, but it just, I, I think if we want to be a great nation, if we want to be what I consider, like, hopefully be, like, the pinnacle of, like, the world, because we keep trying to, you know, I like to think that Americans come here and, well, I mean, people come here and become Americans because they want a better life, right? That's always, like, what's touted. But what ends up happening is people come here to try and start a better life, and they find that while their life is better, there's different problems they run into now. And while their life gets better, it can't, like, it feels like, in ways, certain things can't improve. Uh-huh. So... But yeah, maybe one day I'll talk about the wage gap. I'm curious about that. I'm curious about what people have done to try and combat that. Um, I'm curious to see, uh, I, I am going to try and reach out to some uh, some representatives and some people actually was following in the previous election uh, and see um, what they plan on doing. Like, what's what's their plans? Like, why do they, like, uh, I mean, how Bernie Sanders is a, a great example of, like, people who, like, I mean, people either agree or disagree with him completely, right? They're, like, saying, like, uh, you can't just forgive all debt because that's going to cause a problem. But then there's other people that are like, well, if you forgive the we debt... We already have a problem. <laughs> right. We already have a problem regardless. But like, if you forgive the debt, then it's like they can spend their money in the economy and they can become mm-hmm. they, they can become liberated. Imagine if your citizens feel liberated from debt. Right? There, and and it's different than credit card debt in terms of like... I mean, like credit card debt can still be very predatory. I'm not saying that that's a lesser thing. But there's no reason why education should cost as much as it does. No. Like, especially when it's not like a tangible thing yeah i'd like to see like and that's actually another thing that maybe maybe it'll be a fun local thing maybe i'll reach out to my alum and i'll i'll ask them and see if i can get answers as to where all that money goes to and maybe oh i i bet they'll be very evasive oh for sure but luckily i have some good friends at my college so i love me (laughs) i started getting the like give your college money phone calls. Oh yeah, fuck that. I when was, I was still a sophomore in college. Yeah. It's they so... asked for my address and I told them and they were like, oh, that's that's like an on-campus address. And I was like, yes, I'm a student. I am 19 years old. I do not have money for you. You've taken it all. Yeah. But I, I don't think, it's disappointing that the reward for people who wish to further their education do something that they truly love and that can give back to the community. Is crippling debt. Yeah, Woo-hoo. that's actually, it's funny you say that. Uh, one of my potential titles I have here for is, uh, or for here is Crippling Debt or Be Crippled. Yeah. <laughs> and even then, if you're crippled, it, like, and then, and this, and then this is not to be dismissive of anyone that has any kind of disabilities, but it's, it's equally horrible for those that have disabilities. The fact that, the fact it's that- It's even harder to, for them to get out from under this. Right. I just can't believe that there are, there is a statement in here that says that they have to, um, oh my god, and I had it again and I lost it. I bet I'm staring right at it. 
fucking shit. What was the thing I said? Substantial gainful activity. It's like, yeah, you're disabled, but are you doing anything about it? It's are like, you disabled enough? Exactly. And there's actually, it's funny, because there's a column for blind and non-blind. As if, like, non-blind, blind, uh, like, blind people are, like, lesser functioning individuals. Like, they can't fucking see. Doesn't mean they don't have a goddamn brain or can't do jobs. It's like, it's like when I see, like, when I work with people that have, like, mental disabilities, right? Like, they're not physically disabled, right? And I don't like to say that they're mentally disabled. I mean, like, they just have different aspects because, like, some people that I worked with are on the autistic spectrum, much more intelligent than me in certain areas. Like, blow me out of the water in certain fields. But, and yet, they'll, like, we can help them get a job, but it'll always be, like, low to minimum wage. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a fucking problem, and I'm not happy with it. And yeah, I really, I really do believe I do. I, you know, people. I I've noticed that there is at least a vocal group that say that yeah, you can you can vote and yeah, you can try to do things, but things won't ever change because. That those, doesn't mean those that one things change don't have power, and I'm like that doesn't mean that you can't try. No, and and I I personally disagree with that. I disagree and when you with get that sentiment, you get enough of those people who are like, oh, my vote doesn't matter, and then no one is voting, and that's how we get stuck in situations we're in. But I I, I like I want to I want to remind people if if you are one of those people that really feel like you can't do anything about your situation, let me remind you about how this nation got started in the first place. Murder. Sure. Genocide. Right. Um, Taking things that weren't yours. Oops. But, like, I mean, like, in terms of, other than that horrible shit, <laughs> like, God, I just feel like, I'm not trying to be dismissive, but, like, you know what I'm getting at, right? No, like, I know, like, America, I know. Like, like, leaving the crown, and it's like, well, we live here in the taxation without representation, and what people did about it. I'm not saying go to fucking war. Please hear me out. I'm not saying go and assault but... people. But, the... Back then, people felt really defeated, and all it took was people to to try and do something about it. Right? And now we have more people. We have more people involved in politics than ever before, in a way, because of the horrible situations. Mm-hmm. Right? The horrible shit has made people want to look. I mean, granted, some people don't want to look at all because it's like it's even worse. Fucking avoid it. But I really, I think, I think if it's this is uh, whether it's this thing or something else, if there's something that you're passionate about and you really want to do something about it, don't be afraid to. I would say have courage and, you know, know that there are, there, there are others that believe in the same kind of thing. And there will be others that disagree with the same kind of thing. But we have to have a conversation in order for anything to change. And we have to be, I, I kind of want to say annoying, nagging. Like, I kind of feel like if you really are frustrated with your, uh, like your congressman or like your senators or anything like that, Pester the living fuck out of them. It's literally their job. It's literally their job. Th- their job is to serve you. And if they don't like your letters, they can shove it. I feel like in order to be a good leader of any capacity, you should want to look at the, the worst of the worst kind of reviews. Like the people that hate you. Because that tells you what you're doing. That tells you who you're affecting. But kind of ranting here now. <laughs> I just... Again, I know it was a long bit. The whole situation makes me want to vomit. Sorry, Jillian, but it does. It's so frustrating. And I went into college knowing that there was nothing I could do 
to not come out with a huge amount of debt. Yeah, even because with all the scholarships. I worked my ass off to get every scholarship and grant I could. But the way, like, I grew up very, very poor. You know how they do that, like, work up and they're like, oh, here's your parents plus loan. This is how much your parents can contribute. Zero is what they said. And they will try to find every little dollar that they think your parents can pay. Zero. So I knew I had no help. And I worked all through college, too. Yeah. And I'm in the same boat. Like, they actually accepted my parent plus loan. The problem is, is my, the, the, the responsibility is left in the parents' hands, but they can't afford it. Mm-hmm. So I pay their portion plus my portion plus another loan I had to take out at the very end of my college career because they hiked up the tuition another $2,500 mm-hmm. and I couldn't cover it. I think John had to take out a loan at the end of like I should his have to last take out, semester to pay his tuition. I should have to take out another loan just to graduate. I already spent three years. But again, ranting again, um, I'd really, I, honestly, I'd really love to know what you guys think about that. Do you feel like this is necessarily fair? Do you feel like this is like just desserts? Like you, you should have known better? Um, yeah. I really, I honestly am curious. And I, I'd like to have a conversation about it. But that's me. So sorry again, Katie. I warned you that this is going to be a rough one. Um, not in, not, not like the Golden Compass, my God. But, um, but I mean, I feel like this is one of those things that just throws me into despair. Right. And, because I'm doing everything that I can and I still have another like 20 years to pay. And right. I've been paying since I graduated. And I actually believe everyone else is doing everything they can, which tells you, uh, like, let me point that out there, right? Um, if you have 20 million people going to school every year, right? And 12 million of those people aren't going. And let's go back maybe 30 years, right? We'll just do 30 divided by 4. Just let, I'm just going to lowball the number and just say, I'm going to assume that people started and stopped and then I'll round down because, you know, the numbers have only gone up since, like, the years. But if you take 30 divided by 4, <clears throat> 4, holy crap, <coughs> I don't know where that came from. Uh, 30 divided by 4, right? You get 7.5. And we'll just take 7.5. And instead of doing 12 million, let's do 8. Right? 56 million people. We're saying 56 million people. There are 327 million people in the United States as of recently. And with the student debt, the average person would have to pay, oh God, I think I had the number was $4,800. Right? That'd be if every citizen decided to pay off all the student loan debt. Not saying that's the answer. I don't think that that's necessarily fair to people that didn't go to college. But, yeah. So sorry, I don't mean to throw you in despair. What well, it's not you throwing it. What, me what I'm despair. trying to say, it's though, everything. is that if this does make you feel bad, let's do something about it. Like, in all honesty. Pay because... Right. We can we can go to Cancun and we'll live out our days. <laughs> no, Sao Paulo. That's, That's where I need to yes. go. Sao Paulo. I'll go there. They'll never find me. I'll Perfect. Start... Perfect. Yeah. Well. I before we continue, I have a, a quick update. Yes. So recently in Washington, a bill advanced through the house removing vaccine exceptions or exemptions. What does that mean? That means that it is no longer, you can't be like, well, I don't agree with vaccines, so I'm not going to get them. That's not a thing. 
Wait, wait, wait. It's, but, it's wait, still wait, going wait. through, but it has it advanced through, through the House. It advanced through the House. In so Washington. Next, so next it's going up to... The Senate, the I Senate, think. right? Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Nice little, nice little tidbit. There's, there's some hope for you yet. Maybe we won't get the measles. Maybe. And looking at, like, pictures of the protesters, I want to punch all of them in the face. See, this is where education would become so beneficial. But if you make things so expensive. But see, it's impossible to educate those people because they won't believe it. Mm-hmm. Which is why you need people that are, I don't know. I don't know. That just, that just sucks, too. So sorry for being a downer. <laughs> well. I really didn't come here to ruin your day. I just came here to make sure that you were not, if no one ever told you how that situation looks, now you know. It's bleak. It's, it's bleak. It's bleak as fuck. Yeah. But. <sighs> so Katie. Yes, Dagger. What the fuck are you talking about? Well, I had a history education role, and I've wanted to talk about this for a while, but I was like, oh, no, I should wait for a local role, because it is within Idaho. Mm-hmm. Well, who the fuck knows when that's going to happen? And if I get a local role, maybe it won't even be a history education one. So I decided I was just going to talk about it, because I think it's really cool. And this is a place that John and I have actually been. Hmm. Are you familiar with Lake Penderay? No. So that is in North Idaho, like North North Idaho. I don't leave my house. <laughs> I don't even know where the lake is. <laughs> so it's it's like between Cordelaine and Sandpoint. Okay, okay. I don't know if that means anything to you. No, it it's, does actually. It's real close to Athol. That does not. You, okay. you got me somewhere I knew, and you took it right away. All right. So you just just think about <laughs> where the, am I between Cordelaine and Sandpoint? That's where you can turn on Imagine, and uh, Hayden and Colleen actually got married. By Lake Penderay, which is cool. So, Lake Penderay is Idaho's largest and deepest body of water. It is 1,150 feet deep, making it the fifth deepest lake in the U.S. After Crater Lake, Lake Tahoe, Lake Chelan, and Lake Superior. It has a surface area of 94,600 acres, or 148 miles. So, it's a big lake. It was formed during the Ice Age as a result of, or no, so formed during the Ice Age as well as the Missoula floods that were going on during the Ice Age. Mm-hmm. So at the south end, the, so the lake itself is at the south end of the Purcell Trench, which was formed by glaciers like carving the area out as they moved south from Canada. So the eastern edge of the glacier kind of formed a dam during like the Missoula floods. So that helped it gather a lot of water there. Okay. And the lake is also made larger by the dam at Albany Falls. And that is operated by the US Army Corps of Engineers. Oh good. So I think like the closest I mean it's it's a big lake, so there's like a lot of around areas. I think one of the closest cities ish is Athol. Um also Bayview. And it's like between Sandpoint Coeur d'Alene, like I said. The south end of the lake is about where Bayview is. Is everything okay? Mm-hmm. Okay. Sorry, I was just making a face. <laughs> you were making a face. I do that. It did me a concern. So the south end of the lake is where Bayview is. Mm-hmm. 
this is important because with the, the lake being so deep, um, it's also like for its size in like an incredibly quiet body of water. And I know that's a weird thing to say because like, oh, a loud body of water. Like this body of water is a rave. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> right? No. Throw in the neon lights. So because. Is that the Aurora? <laughs> no. <laughs> because it is so deep and so quiet, it makes it an ideal environment for acoustic testing. Without having to deal with the ocean. Okay. So after the Japanese attack on Pearl Harbor. Okay. <laughs> during World War II. Okay. The south end of the lake became the second largest naval training ground in the world. And that was the uh, Farragut Naval Training Station. So at the time, it was also the largest city, and I'm using air quotes, in the state. Okay. Uh, it wasn't actually a city, but the right. population of the training station was very high. So the training station is now Farragut State Park. Ground was broken on the 4,160-acre naval reservation on March 1942. By September, the base had a population of 55,000. So there's lots of people, and they got there kind of fast. In 1945, the base was used by the army as a prisoner of war camp. So that was predominantly Germans that were captured shortly after D-Day. There was about 900, and they worked as gardeners and maintenance workers. They made 80 cents a day. Man, they can't pay off their debts. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> they're gonna have a rough time. I relate. Um, but the other people that were working on the naval station, I think they also made eighty cents a day. So there's that. Interesting. So are you saying that? Are you saying that the prisoners of war made the exact same amount of money? I believe so. Yes. Huh. <laughs> Over two thousand two hundred ninety three thousand sailors received basic training at Farragut during its thirty months of operation. Okay. The last recruit graduated in March 1945, and the facility was decommissioned in June of 1946. Did I say 35? I think so. I meant 45. 1945. 45. So then it was decommissioned... Before the war. I mean, you know, yeah. The station is named after David Farragut. He's a... He was, I should say. He's Ray dead. He was a U.S. Navy flag officer during the American Civil War. And he's remembered predominantly for his order at the Battle of Mobile Bay, which is generally paraphrased as something sounding like, damn the, por <laughs> damn the torpedoes, full speed ahead. So I want you to go to the drive, because I've got stuff in there. Going to the drive! So yeah, you can bring up any of those pictures, and it will show you a like how oh, it was laid out. I am here. So it's, it's a large, it's large. Yeah, no, it's pretty large. Large training station. Large. Oh, nice little diorama. Mm-hmm. So, from 1946 to 1949, so this was after it was decommissioned, it was the mm -hmm. site of the Farragut College and Technical Institute, which I, I couldn't exactly figure out why this was relevant, but it, it made sure to note that it had a huge amount of athletic facilities. I mean, it's great. It's great. <laughs> so, I think, you know, like, they at least get some scholarships. I mm. For all the athletics. It closed prior to the fall term in 1994 because of low enrollment and financial difficulties. So 
What? I feel like I saw How a thing. How is that even a thing? I feel like I saw a thing recently that was like, if your college is closed, your loans for that and get forgiven or something like that. And I was like, cool. Great. Kind of. Why is that my has, school still that open? That has to do with the for-profit things like Trump yeah. University, Stevens Hunter, um Things that aren't really things. Yeah, things that took advantage of students. Yeah. Which, don't worry, Betsy Davos is trying to get rid of that policy as well. Great. Fantastic. So the base, the base itself was built mostly of green wood. So when they were done with it, it was, that's why they pretty much tore it, tore it down. Because it, it wasn't built to stand for a long why time. Why green wood? I imagine it was probably what was available in the area. It's like a ghillie suit on the water. <laughs> <laughs> sure. They'll never find me. I'm a tree. <laughs> sure. So... Sorry. Now we have this like weird land transfer situation, like hot potato. So, 1950, 3,854 acres were transferred to the Idaho Department of Fish and Game, and that became the Farragut Wildlife Management Area. In 1964, 2,566 acres were transferred back to the federal government, and then this was deeded back to the state of Idaho in 1966 when it became Farragut State Park. So they were like, here, take this. And they were like, cool. And they were like, no, take it back. And they were like, uh, no, you take it back. And now we have a state park. Hooray. It's really pretty. Do we have the gardeners still? The what? The gardeners? N- no. Oh, okay. We do not have the German gardeners, I don't think. You know what's funny? It brings up another funny point. Uh, just like as a quick segue. Um, I remember hearing in high school that like the average uh, teacher made $32,000 a year, whereas the average inmate cost $35,000 a year. But this was back in like 2012, 2011. Teacher wages probably haven't changed that much. Which is funny. If they even make that much. Because it just goes to show you that you can go to prison and still be equal. (laughs) (laughs) Great. Hooray! So the remaining military feature of the state park, and it's basically the only thing that's left from when it was a naval training station, Uh is the brig. And so they've turned this into the museum. It's called the Museum at the Brig. And that's the confinement facility because it was like the only thing that was built out of concrete <laughs> or cement. Um, everything else was built out of that green wood. Ish. The drill hall, however, was shipped to Colorado, which I thought that was a real weird thing. So instead of making a new building, they took one from northern Idaho and sent it all the fucking way down to Colorado. They, they shipped a building? Yes. They sure did. Why? So they took the drill hall, shipped like, it down. Was it cost effective? Like, would it have See, that's easier? what I think. I feel like it would have been cheaper to build a new building. Just build a new building. But whatever. And then you still have a building. You're now, you're now double your previous building. <laughs> so they took the drill hall, how? The drill hall, shipped it down to Colorado after the war. And that became the University of Denver Arena, which was then torn down in 1997 to make way for the Magnus Arena, which I believe is still there right now. Mm. Uh, so, the the isolated waters of Pendere provide an ideal testing area for the Navy. So they currently still use the area to test scaled-down prototypes of submarines in the free-field ocean-like environment with the accompany, or without the accompanying problems of actually being in the ocean. Interesting. So the Carter Rock Division of the Naval Surface War... 
You guys, I just want you guys to know, the reason why it's really hard to talk is we actually have a allotted amount of words that we can use in a day. And so... <laughs> We talked a lot this morning, and it's now like we've a, used them all up. It's like a budget, you know? <laughs> <laughs> we gotta... So, the Carter Rock Division of the Naval Surface Warfare Center is located in Potomac, Maryland, and it consists of over three, two, one, blast off. <laughs> <laughs> 32... <coughs> 32... It's just a rocket ship. <laughs> 3,200 engineers, scientists, and support personnel working in more than 40 different disciplines. Okay. The division has several remote sites across the U.S. The Naval Surface Warfare Center is part of the Naval Sea Systems Command, operated by the Navy, and they are, like, the principal R&D and test evaluation assessment for surface and submarine systems and subsystems. They also provide maintenance and in-service engineering support. Mm. So they do that kind of stuff. So they have 10 sites, including the, the Carter Rock Division. And then the Carter Rock Division has eight sites of its own, one of which is located in Bayview, Idaho, which is that south part of Lake Pendray. This is the Acoustic Research Detachment. So all of those eight stations, they each work on different things. And so North Idaho is where they're doing the acoustic research. So the base has supported every major submarine design development over the last 65 years, or more than 65 years. Hmm. There's a large network of hydrophones in key locations <gasps> on the bottom of the lake or tethered to the bottom of the hydrophones? lake. Hydrophones? Yes. Ah! <laughs> Those things are so cool. Yeah. They got a shit ton of them. So the fleet up there is made up of one-fourth scale models, all of which are named after trout. You said trout. My brain heard Trump. No, they are all named after trout, like the fish. Trout. I am rainbow. If we're talking about things I'd like to gut. Anyways. (laughs) (laughs) Whoops. So they use these to gather acoustic data and to try new adjustments before adding them to the actual naval vessels that will go out and do naval things. Mm -hmm. Not belly button things. (laughs) Cut that out. That was terrible. I don't know. I regret everything. That felt pretty good. To who? Uh, No one. Exactly. (laughs) Cut that out. It was awful. I hate myself now. So. (laughs) The main testing area is called the Intermediate Scale Measuring System, and it is a 1,000 foot diameter circle of hydrophones that are mounted to the bottom of the lake and suspended by buoys. This is used in conjunction with an amplified sound projector array. And so in this circle, data is collected via fiber optic or via a fiber optic network, which is in in the ground. No, sent to ground control. Ground control to I knew you were gonna do that. I knew you were gonna do that. (laughs) So it's sent to a ground control and interpreting station in Bayview, Idaho. So new pieces of machinery are tested to gauge the overall acoustic impact of adding it to a submarine. So find out if this is going to like... And I guess that's something that I'd never thought about, is like you think about, oh, like the engines are going to make noise, and this will make noise, and blah, 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 blah. But okay, so how much is a toilet pump? How much noise is a toilet pump on a submarine going to make? Like that's something you need to think about if you're going into a war situation. Oh. Yeah! 
Like you need so to be. What I mean, that sound. I don't know either, but oh. you need to be able to test oh. for these things and know what it is. Need a mustache. <laughs> like, so, like, what just happened? Like there? the goal of the acoustic research detachment is to help provide them with the quietest vessels for the least amount of money. Makes sense. Yeah. That's really interesting. I wonder what made them, like, fucking think about that. You know? I mean, I'm assuming that's probably because they realized, like, you know, there's, like, sonar and all that stuff. Well, I think I'll... I think I talk about that. I'll touch on that a little bit. Okay. So, the next test range is the buoyant vehicle test range. And that is used to measure the sound that the forward sections of a submarine design, so specifically, like, the bow that that makes when it's moving through the water. So not just, like, in the water, underwater, but also, like, when it, like, breaches? I mean, that's a thing that whales do. A submarine looks kind of like a whale. (laughs) In that it is large. (laughs) I saw a picture where there was a breaching submarine that looked a lot like a whale. A really, really round whale. It was a whale. (laughs) That's pretty funny. There are no whales in northern Idaho, thank you. What? So the way that they do this is the vehicle is towed to, or so it's like pulled outside of the testing range and then winched down to the bottom of the lake and then they release it. So this allows for data to be collected as the submarine is moving through the water, but due only to buoyancy, Mm -hmm. not with its own propulsion. Um, so go into the... Why did you... You pointed at that and the display came back. I sure did. <laughs> That's really weird. So go into the scale models thing. Yeah. I see the whale. I'm going to have to find... There's a different picture that I couldn't... Apparently couldn't get to... Um... I thought it was just birds on this one. This one looks really fucking small. Here, this is what I'm talking about. That looks like a whale. Does it not? I can see it. You want to say it looks like a whale. I, I can see a whale. Yeah. If, if I just believe. Um, this particular submarine is the Dolly Varden. Hmm. Yes. Right. So <laughs> they allow it to come to the surface by buoyancy only, not by its own propulsion or a tow line. This allows them to gather data that has allowed for better bow sonar, acuity, as well as just quieter subs in general. Okay. So the large-scale vehicle range is where the one-fourth subs, one-fourth scale subs run through their paces on their own steam. So they are doing their submarine stuff like submarines do, important submarine things. Um, so they're looking for things like wake signatures, um, testing different sail designs, propeller noise, subscale propulsion, propulsion concepts, and propulsor configurations, as well as the way that different designs, like their handling capabilities. Mm-hmm. So bring up that first picture. It's a really weird looking boat. Yep. It's like weird and pointy, kind of. Yeah, it's like... It's like someone tried to build a boat out of those blocks that have, like, the triangles and, like, the hexagons Oh, yeah, kind of. Uh, so then go back out. Or would make for a great cheesecake slice. It, it would. It's it's very pointy and angular. I really like cheesecake. Um, and I think... This one? 
Yeah, I think that's another one of the large scale vehicles. So there, there are three large scale vehicles. Um, there's two, two subs. And that is the Kokanee and the Cutthroat. They were built to run autonomously or semi-autonomously with the help of a super advanced autopilot. Um, they also have a subscale surface vessel, which is that weird pointy one. That is called the Sea Jet. That's is? its name. That is, yeah. And there's another... I take it back. I guess I didn't put that picture in there. Um, there was, I thought. They went off Wait, the no, ground. open that one. This one? That's not it either. Okay, well, I, I looked at pictures of that in the water. <laughs> doing boat things. Hooray! Um, Aha, here it is. Oh. Yeah. I see that. So it's like... I see it being a boat. Yes. It's not boating by itself, though, is it? It's not self-boating. Or is it self-boating? Uh, it probably was. <gasps> because I believe that a lot of these are designed to be autonomous so that they can do their stuff while everyone else is collecting their data. Okay. So you've got the Kokanee and the Cutthroat, which are the submarines, or the, the scale submarines. And then the... Sea jet, which is a surface vessel. The rest of the fleet of scale models is made up of the Dolly Varden, Pike, Whitefish, and Steelhead. The naval testing ground has been referred to as the U.S. or the U.S. Submarine Force's most important body of water by Admiral Gimbestini, who was at one point head of the Navy Navy's Submarine Warfare Group. Hmm. So, open up. Like that third picture, I think? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you can see some of the the rigging and stuff that they've got set up to, like, dock a submarine in a lake, you know? Like you do. Hmm. Um, and go out. And, yeah, open up that one. You can kind of get a sense for what the scale of these are. So, like... That's how it breathes. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's a whale, right? Right. <laughs> So, like, to me, that looks like a real fucking big thing. And that's a fourth of the size of a normal submarine. Mm. No, no, it's pretty big. Yeah. It's like, what, three people tall and many more long? Oh, yes. And, like, two people wide? Maybe? I don't know. I think it's more than two people. Well, I'm thinking wide, not long. Oh, long, long. Got it. Oh, fuck you. <laughs> Okay, so go back out to the main folder. All right. The main folder. Yep. And then click museum at the brig. That's an ear. It sure is. So. Why are we looking at the ear? Why does this person's face look kind of weird? When we were up in Farragut State Park for Hayden and Colleen's wedding, we went to the museum at the brig. And they were having some sort of... Celebration. I don't remember or what it was. Or something like that? Yeah, it was some... I feel like it was an anniversary or something. I do not remember what it was for. Hmm. Um, but so, like I said, they turned the brig into this naval museum. This looks like a cello has, like, some, like, earmuffs on. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't it? You're just really loud. It's too loud for this cello. Oh, no. <laughs> so then that one right there is the plaque that's on it. Oh, and it just... It's a little, like, hey, remember those Navy people? That did stuff at Farragut. That's a paraphrase, if you couldn't tell. Gotcha. Yeah. So they also have a like they so they've turned it into 
a museum as well as like a little memorial. So there's all these pictures of this angry looking dude. Why this guy though? And why does this one's face look a little different than this one? I, it, I, it's, this one more weathered? It's like the light and the angle. So they have this large statue of like the bust He's of... He's giving me the shifty eyes. It's the bust of a naval officer. He's giving me the face of like when I try to do the Mario Party like high five thing and you neglect uh, me. Yeah. See, in one picture, he looks real pissed. And then another picture, he just looks nonplussed. This yeah. One, yeah. Like, oh. And then, so then look at the other this one. one. like, mm. Yeah. And it just has to do with, like, the light. And it's it's a fairly large statue. But so, if yeah, you click on the second one there. The ear? Yeah, if you get close to the statue, the... It has people's faces in it. Yeah, so the, the texture cool. of the statue is actually several different sailors' faces. So that's pretty neat. That's very cool. I like it a lot. And that one is like the courtyard because the uh -huh. actual brig itself is like a big square, but it's open in the middle. And that's, so the way that that memorial, that sailor memorial was set up uh -huh. is it was designed like a concrete ship outline. So you've got this point here that goes back in like a boat shape and like the bust of the sailor was like right here. And so then going forward, you have what looks like a mast that's got the flag on it and all of that stuff. Yeah, no, I see that. It looks like it has like a state flag over there. Yeah. Um, I want to say, I think there's a state flag, an American flag, and it was either a naval or a POW flag. But it was, it was a fairly small museum, but it was actually really, really cool. Hmm. Yeah, no, that was super cool. I didn't, I didn't realize they did. It makes sense now that you say it, but I didn't realize they did an acoustic test mm -hmm. for submarines. And it was super top secret for a long time. I mean, it makes sense because if, like, you know, we're enemies mm -hmm. figured out that that's what we were doing, then they'd also be on and the same so track as us. with it being top secret, there's uh -huh. this, um, this legend about the Paddler, which is a sea monster that supposedly lives in Lake Pandaray. Which we when have, you... We have our own ne Nessie? Have you not heard about Charlie? No! I've not heard about Charlie ever. <laughs> Charlie lives in... Who the fuck in... is Charlie? Charlie lives in McCall. And Susan? <laughs> I don't know who Char... Charlie is the lake monster that lives in... Is it like Payette Lake up in McCall? Yeah, no, I never heard of this. Good grief. I live in a house. <laughs> so do I! I never leave. We live in the same house. Do we? Sometimes I get lost. You know, supposedly that's where Charlie lives. Huh. But so there's this. It's funny. The more people that listen, the more that people that listen to this, the more they're gonna find out how ignorant I am. I'm <laughs> <laughs> not trying to be. I just don't know how the world works. So you've got this legend of the paddler, which, when you think about how long the, I mean, it makes sense. People are like, there was some real weird moving in the water. Yeah, it was a fucking submarine in landlocked Idaho. That's what it was. So it's kind of crazy to think about one of... Yeah, that's what they want you to think. <laughs> that's what they're hiding. They're, that's what they're hiding her. One Char of the... Charlie. Char Char Shamu. The Shamu. peddler. The bottom... The peddler is... The peddler. The peddler Char Charlie is, is in McCall. Paddles. You should just stop. <laughs> I'm good at alliteration. Are you? No. But so people be like, yeah, I saw this weird thing moving in the water. Oh, it's a sea monster because... Yep. That makes more sense than a submarine in Idaho. 
But it's kind of crazy to think about how one of the Navy's most important submarine research whatever stations is in Northern Idaho. And so there were... That's really cool, though. I saw some stories about people that would, like, they'd go out for a hike in the middle of the night or whatever, and they would, like, see submarine races while they were performing these tests. Um, Because, so the, the hydrophones are sensitive enough that they can hear when it rains on the surface. Whoa, that's crazy. Uh, so they do most of their testing at night just to avoid some other, you know, outside Is that environmental scene in the noise. Rain? I cannot dig that response. <laughs> and just so to avoid, you know, because it is a state park, so people are coming and recreating there. So oh, they yes. my recreate. Oh, fuck you. <laughs> so they do their tests at nighttime to avoid a lot of those. Right. Kinds of... I, I can't think of the word People that I... seeing shit. No. Um, just other... Distractions? No. Sounds? Um, outside... Interference? I guess... Stimulus? See, but that's not the right word. Arousal? That's definitely not the right word. Love? You're getting further <laughs> and further away. Im... Input? I, I don't know. Acoustic input? I don't know what I meant. Um, just outside things that would fuck with their data that's coming in. Sure. So yeah, maybe you did see something moving in the water. It was a submarine. Like you do. Yeah. And that's Farragut. Cool. No, that's super cool. I actually realized that we had submarines. Yeah, right? Here. We but, didn't know that that was a thing until we went up there, and we were like, "Wait, there was like a naval a naval I station." Expect, I would have expected that by the like, the, the Great Lakes, not Idaho. Well, only one of the Great Lakes is deeper than Lake Penderay, and that's Lake Superior. So what you're saying, and is, it's only a little bit deeper. So we're more than just potatoes. Potatoes and submarines, yes. Potatoes. And submarines. I think we also potatoes grow a lot subs. of peanuts, like legumes. Peanuts. How did Matt get up here? No, he's been in here for a while. He's been sleeping in my room since I've been up here. Oh. He's been sleeping sleepy. He's just loudly bathing himself. Yep. So that's, no, that's not going to go in there. <laughs> that's my story. Huh. That's that's really cool. And what was your role last time? You had... History and education. Okay. So it wasn't local, though. And that's see, good. that's I have been waiting for a local role to talk about that, and I was like, I don't know when this is going to happen, and I want to talk about it, because it's really cool. Watch you roll it right if I, now. If I do that, I'm going to chop my head off and throw it in the river. No! <laughs> <laughs> the monster gotcha. Charlie! The hydrophones will hear you. Charlie is in McCall. Charlie? Charlie! All right, let's roll. So I have some <sighs> Chessex Cumulus dice. These are the aqua ones, which are my favorites. The light oh, blue ones are pretty. But... Like the one, like aqua, like water, like submarine. Yes, they are aqua blue, like water, like submarine. submarine. Like the phone, like the microphone, blue. Dabu-dee-dabu-dai. I've been here too long. <laughs> I need a leave. I don't know why I just started doing Here Comes the Bride. <laughs> I need a leave. I need a leave. What happened? What happened? I got a six. What happened? Oh, oh. That's oh, entertainment. Oh, oh. Okay. Is it, why am I just making sounds? I don't know. You're just making it harder for yourself to edit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
I said that very dejected. <laughs> because you know it's right. Yeah. Yeah, I am. <laughs> Fucking. Fucking. So I guess I'm talking about entertainment next time. Cool. I thought it was current events for a minute, and I... Current events is seven. I was going to chop my head off and throw in the river. That's my thing now. <laughs> and you live in a van. Down by the, the river. Yep. Whoa, we said that. Friends. We that. sure did. Okay, well, I'm going to be rolling... Oh, oh, that's right. These dice. The ones I've been rolling for the past couple episodes. There's no surprises here with me. <laughs> I'm always the same. All right. Science. Science. Science and technology. I know. I like how I rolled that. I just kind of chucked it. You, you did just, like, throw it at me. Yeah, I was like, yeah. Thanks, yo. Cool. Science and technology. Interesting. I was... I was going to laugh so hard if I got another fucking wild. If I think I would have had to punch you to square in the chest. Well, yeah. Well, cool. So next time, entertainment and tech. Woo. Woo. All right. Well, thanks for tuning in. Come back next time to find out what the fuck we're talking about. Bye. Bye. If you've got something to say, find us on Anchor at anchor.fm slash WTFpod. Email us at wtf.podcast.mail at gmail.com. Find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at WTFAYTA Podcast. That's WTFAYTA, our acronym, Podcast. Our music was by Decker Hinckley, and our artwork was by Kirby Morfitt.